We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Untuck It. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. There was some news today, uh, roster-wise, that we're going to discuss a little bit because I, Darius and I are often on the same page or close to it. And I, I love that, but sometimes uh, a little healthy disagreement is in order. So today we're going to discuss the topic of Darren Collison. Woj reported yesterday that Collison is considering, not committed to, but considering coming out of retirement and that his top destinations are, of course, the Lakers or the Clippers. I basically squealed when that news uh, when that news came out. And to no one's surprise, Darius was a little more circumspect about it. So Darius, you're a little more cautious about kind of what it means. Uh, can you kind of make your case or just explain your perspective on where you're coming from on on the Collison news? Sure. So like you, I think, so I'll start this part with the agreement part. Like you, I would love to add a player like Collison or Collison specifically, um, mm-hmm. I think he would really help the team, and I think we'll get into that in in a minute. Um, where I was a little bit more cautious was from the team building dynamic that comes from sort of the interpersonal relationship stuff that comes with like a 15-man roster and what you're doing to sort of build that out through the course of a season in order to basically come together and, and compete at the highest level, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I think 
you you know, throughout NBA history, you'll find a bunch of teams who have won at the highest level, and the majority of those have some sort of binding ties. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think. And one of the big themes of this Lakers season, I think, and you and I have discussed this on the pod, is this idea of chemistry, right? And Mm -hmm. everybody sort of knowing their roles and buying in and how that's led to, I think, good performance on on the court as well. Collison is undoubtedly um, a high-level talent. What I worry about is throwing that talent into this specific mix of players and seeing how that chemistry might be disrupted. And it's a concern of mine. It's not the highest concern. I'd, I'd rather have have the talent, but I don't think stuff like that can be ignored because roster building doesn't happen in a vacuum. Is there anything specifically about the addition of Collison that is concerning to you, or is it just throwing another guy who would play, right? Like, you're not signing him to be your 12th man, right? Is it just kind of a general concern, or is there anything specific about Collison or this overall dynamic that you're concerned about? Yeah, my concern is Rajon Rondo. What about him? Just the fact that he has equity built up in the team. Um, He has equity, I think, with the coaches. Um, Mm -hmm. I think some of the role that he provides is out of necessity, but I also think if you've listened to Frank Vogel talk about him and the role that Rondo has played, even dating back to the preseason, he has a certain stature within Mm -hmm. the team, and I think that's especially prevalent within the locker room. And I think if you sign a player like Collison, you're signing him to replace Rajon Rondo, not to sort of supplement him. Right. The Lakers already have their starting point guard. His name is LeBron James. Their backup point guard right now is Rajon Rondo. You're presumably bringing in a player like Darren Collison, specifically a point guard, to replace Rajon Rondo. And if you're not, then I think you're then likely throwing Collison into an already crowded guard rotation that we already have issues with the amount of minutes specific players play, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and so it gets problematic to me because there's a domino effect if you're going to keep Rondo in the lineup and then play Collison. And if you're not going to have Rondo in the lineup, what does that mean in terms of disrupting that chemistry that I mentioned before? Right. So there's a concern that Rondo, who does have a history of kind of going sideways when he doesn't like the situation that he's in kind of potentially torpedoing a season in which the Lakers otherwise have good chemistry. Torpedoing may be a strong word. Go ahead. Yeah, no, like I think torpedoing is a little bit of a strong, strong word, but so, sort of grading on the margins, I feel mm-hmm. like every little bit of that everyone is not rowing in the right direction is counterproductive. And when you're talking about winning at the highest level, You can have people not rowing in the right direction if they're a Troy Daniels or a Quinn Cook, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have that with a player of Rondo's stature within within the team, right? Like, And this is where I think the nuance matters. You and I might have specific opinions about Rajon Rondo, about what we would do with a replacement for him and how much he would play at the cost of Rondo. Does do the key people in that locker room agree with you and me? And if they don't, 
then what does that mean? And right. this goes beyond any noise that Rondo might make himself, right? It, it, mm-hmm. It's sort of this collective. Is unhappy, right? Yes. Is LeBron, does it rub him the wrong way, right? Yeah, like does Vogel sort of still try to steal minutes for Rondo at the expense of Alex Caruso or KCP mm-hmm. or or even Avery Bradley who bring other things to the table that Rondo doesn't, right? But mm-hmm. – and in my eyes, would be more valuable to the team in the big picture, right? And and so it's complicated to me. Now, complicated doesn't mean that it's going to be bad, right? But mm-hmm. but complications, well, all the same, are just another variable to deal with. And, and that's where I have pause. So I, I think that's valid. It's something that needs to be factored into the equation. For me, there's a scale or a spectrum where there's talent on one end and the value that you get out of just sheer ability yeah. to play basketball and the very real benefit that you get from guys getting along and rowing in the same direction, right? And it comes down to me of how much do they respect Rondo the person versus Rondo the player? I think that, like, look, you and I are both Laker fans, but we're also basketball fans. We are fans of good basketball. That guy set a great screen there. His help side defense was really good. Uh, that's a great closeout. We take joy in all of those little things to the, to the degree to which we understand the game. Guys like LeBron James and AD and Frank Vogel and Rajon Rondo understand the game to a level of specificity that you and I don't. But we understand the game a bit, right? Yeah. And within that, I'd like to think that you don't get to the place where LeBron James is yeah. or even Anthony Davis and especially Frank Vogel, who never had any playing talent, at least on an NBA level, right? That's all. Frank Vogel gets to where he gets to on the strength of knowing basketball. Yeah. He's not the son of a former player. He was not a former NBA player himself. He does not have anything outside of that to put on his resume. So what I have a hard time reconciling is the idea that these basketball lifers who know way more about about basketball than we do, that there's something between in the gap between our knowledge and theirs that they see that we don't that is so important that Rondo becomes an essential part of what they do on the court. I'm not talking off the court and stature and all of that. We'll get to that in a second. But at some level, he has to be able to contribute on the court, yeah. regardless of what his stature is. And to me, like a guy like Darren Collison represents somebody who's like two full tiers higher than Rondo is in terms of caliber of player. I don't want to make Collison out to be, and we'll talk more about this in the second segment, but like he's a good player. He's not like a savior. He's just uniquely positioned to address a real weakness that we have. Yeah. So the idea that he is coming into this already crowded guard rotation is true, but it's one of those things like they're in jail with him. He's not in jail with them, right? Like yeah. that, like he's the best of, they need to cater the minutes to the guy who can best fill that role. So if the Lakers are really about winning a championship this year, sure. they have to respect the basketball. And I find it somewhat disrespectful to the game of basketball to be advocating so heavily on the side of chemistry. Jack and Kobe didn't get along. Like no, we've sure. seen plenty of NBA championships sure. and champions where the dudes did not totally get along and, and love each other, but the talent, that's the other end of the spectrum. It's that balance, right? Yeah. So I, I just find it that scale too far tipped in direction of chemistry 
to not bring a guy like Darren Collison in, which I know is not what you're advocating, That's but right. it's just such a discrepancy to me. Unless, again, those basketball lifers and people who know way more about basketball than I do, they see something in Rondo's game that I just don't see that you just don't see. No. It, so I'm 100% on board with everything that you just said um, in terms of where – in terms of tiers of Collison relative to Rondo and um, – and this idea that just the eye test and what you actually need on the court um, would be enhanced with one player versus the other, right? Like mm-hmm. that's pretty st- straightforward stuff. I guess in my head, I would rather remove the variable, right? And, and so like I don't want there to be choices. I was listening to a different podcast and this is a bit of a tangent. They were talking about the Portland Trailblazers, and they have a young and up-and-coming guard, Anthony Simons, and he was sort of looked at as this guy who was probably going to be able to make his way in into the rotation, but there were guys sort of blocking him, right? Like, mm-hmm. And one of the things that you do as a front office is you sort of make decisions for your coaches by how you build out the roster, right? Like, mm-hmm. So let's remove right. the impediments. Right. And in a perfect world, I would say, let's just swap. Like if you could make a trade, you would make a trade of Rondo for Collison. You and I both know Rondo's not going to be removed from the roster. And mm-hmm. like if the unless Lakers. Unless he wants to be. Unless, unless he wants he want, to be. Uh, unless he right. asks out. Right. Mm-hmm. I would see no reason for Rondo to ask for that, even if his playing time gets diminished. Like I actually just don't see it. Hmm. I, I think it's more like I think he's a guy that still thinks he can play and still wants to be, have an important role on, on a roster. I can see him going all across the hallway to Doc Rivers. But either way, uh, not to derail the point. No, no, sure. And that's a possibility, right? Like that said, I would prefer something like that, like an even exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's remove the choices. And here is mm-hmm. your choice now. Your backup point guard is Darren Collison. There is no other choice. Right. Um, And there is no other variable. Do you think they need to like protect Vogel from himself? I think that you need to make the situation as smooth as possible. That's what personally like Mm -hmm. chemistry is tricky. There's a reason why if you put a dash too much of one element, the whole thing can just blow up in your face. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. When we're talking actual science and I'm not advocating the Lakers like release Rajon Rondo or anything like that. I'm only voicing a certain amount of concern that I carry about willingly, if the Lakers are able to get Collison, willingly sort of walking into this scenario where it's very likely you're going to have to do some smoothing over in order to make things work work out. Now, maybe that'll go perfectly fine. And whatever concern I'm, I'm expressing here is, is just me sort of overreaching or, or thinking too, too hard about it. And talent will win out in the end and everyone will be fine, right? I happen to believe though, that when you're working with people and mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this a bunch that all like, the time, all the time, like all jobs are people jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to get along with people. You have to sort of keep things relatively harmonious in order to be as successful as you want 
want to be, willingly walking into a scenario where you're going to say, oh, you know what, this is going to be a challenge, but let's do it anyway. And we're just going to have to live with this potentially for what, four more months? Mm -hmm. That's just a tricky thing. And I would just prefer it not be that. I wouldn't prefer it at the expense of Collison, right? Mm -hmm. But this is just me just saying, hmm, that gives me a little bit of a pause. You got to consider it. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about how we think the Lakers can smooth over those dynamics and what Collison would mean to the team if the Lakers do sign him. So we'll be right back. You ever seen untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Since they've got over 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on guys all shapes and sizes. It can be frustrating when you're looking to find a shirt that fits your frame, but you just can't find anything. But Untuck It takes care of that. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free, button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, so I do think that your concerns, like it would be very foolish of the Lakers to just be like, oh, Collison's a better player. Screw you, Rondo, right? Like that that's not the way to go about doing this. I think the best version of Rondo is actually with him still on the team and accepting a third string point guard type of role, because then you get to keep a lot of what still has him in the league, which is his mind, right? Yeah. His ability to recognize plays from, from the other team, his ability to like reposition guys. I, I've been saying this for a while. Rondo's value is essentially as a coach at this point. And a lot of guys, uh, Meadow was a guy f- for us for like two or three years like this toward the end of his career where they're like good guys to have around as the 11th or 12th guy. In Meta's case, it was this guy who'd been through a lot, right? Had been a star in the league, had been through a lot of adversity on the floor and off of it, and could help help young men become men in the NBA and all that that means. Rondo's a little different, and this team is different in that it's full of veterans, but Rondo's mind is still valuable. He's part of the brain trust of this team, and my preference is to keep him on the roster. Now, how can the Lakers go about achieving that in a way in which Rondo's willingly able to do that with the limited information that you and I have about Rondo as a person and these dynamics. We are certainly operating from the outside. Yeah, I I think it all depends on a lot of factors, but a key one to me is what kind of discussions are they already having with Collison, (laughs) right? Collison's Mm -hmm. a free agent. They can talk to him as much as they want, right? Like as far as you you and I know, Rob Palenka's drinking a coffee with him right now. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So if there are if and this is where it gets tricky, but I think being forthright and having open and honest conversations is always better than not. If they're already starting to really engage in the idea of bringing Collison in, I think having open conversations with Rondo about where things may go is important. Those don't need to happen today or even tomorrow. But 
having real dialogue with him about how his role might change, um, how the things that they still value about him, right? Like all of the sort of management coach speak type type stuff, that stuff is going to matter. And mm-hmm. and I feel like if there is – so I, I talked earlier about the equity that Rondo might have within the locker room. This is now time for Frank Volgor, the front office, to use the equity that they might have in the other direction, Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Rob Palinka signed Rajon Rondo to a pretty big contract last season, right? A contract right. Rondo probably would not have gotten with any other team. They re-signed him this year, granted at a veteran minimum contract, but still brought brought him back and, and, and sort of can, I think, talk to him about this idea of value and what they see in him and what they think that he can continue to bring to, to the roster. So I think it all starts with conversations. And then you... I also think you need to then lean on your star players as well mm-hmm. to to sort of bridge that gap between management and locker room and even coaches and players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think along those lines with the star players, I think that for one, it depends on what point they are at in terms of their opinion of Rondo mm-hmm. as player, which is not necessarily the same thing as their opinion of him as a person. But I think that the most compelling anti-Rondo argument is with film, right? And these guys are on the court with him, again, possessing more knowledge than you or I do and different types of knowledge as players. I, I think I, I'd want to know where LeBron and AD's heads are at regarding what type of player he is. And I don't mean in front of the media yeah. asking him type of <laughs> sure. I mean behind the scenes private conversations like and and saying, we think this is a problem. If they do. And if they don't, they're not watching the tape. Like Or or even not this is a problem, but can we do better? Right. right. Like, so there's That's, a difference. And, and right? so this is, and, right, and this is the diplomacy yeah. that you're talking about, yeah. right? Like, it's how you frame it, how you approach, rather than being hostile and saying this is a problem, like yeah. I just said, it's like, what if we can do better, right? And, yeah. and really advocating what Darren Collison is rather than what Rajan Rondo isn't. Because I don't think that with, when you respect some, like with you and I, if somebody were to come to me and make a case against you, I'd tell them, get the hell out of here, right? I'd be much more willing to hear a case for why somebody else is really good, right? Yes, like, like, sure. And, and that, you know, maybe, maybe that's, I don't mean that in the you know, context of replacing you, of course. It just, no, no, just no, sure. The idea sure. of like, you're going to, if you respect someone, you're not trying to hear like the, oh, this guy is that bad thing and this bad thing. But Advocating what Darren Collison is may be a better approach, especially combined with like there's got to be on some level LeBron and AD understand that Rondo's just not that guy anymore. I, I, I just have a hard time believing otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you would think, right? Mm-hmm. You would think. But this is where you and I sort of being two, three, four levels removed from mm-hmm. all of this and sort of the coldness of tape. The coldness of watching games from even the stands when you're covering the game as mean media or on our couch, right? Mm-hmm. That there is a certain amount of separation that exists there um, and of not sort of being in the trenches with these guys and what all of that means, right? And so I also think that there is there is a certain thing that exists in the NBA in terms of um, – a brotherhood or this sort of like lasting belief that exists amongst people. Like this is a totally different situation, but think of the 
support that like Carmelo Anthony Carmelo had Anthony I was thinking that around Jamal the league. Crawford too right I was thinking that the whole time you're talking there about. are a lot of players around the league who have built up um a reputation they 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 have this sort of lasting standing that exists with them as as players that last well beyond their performance to that level which helped them build up that name Right. That's right. And, and there's a reason why. And I, honestly, man, like we see it today still with a player like Kobe. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Kobe was at another stratosphere than a player like Rondo, but everyone has stands. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. teammates are going to be your stands, but but teammates will circle the wagons for you in a way that outsiders probably will never understand. And well, and a lot of times that's from outsiders, too. Right. Like they're yeah. going to predict they may have different conversations amongst themselves than they do. Like if somebody else is attacking from the outside. Right. That's like right. They're going to protect protect their guy. Yeah, and, and and so this is where I think the idea that you posed about where their heads really at is where that matters. I have a certain thought that LeBron, as great as a teammate as he is, right? He is all about winning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen- He shipped him. out Derrick Rose and a bunch of people, Dwayne Wade, a bunch of them dudes, right? Like, yep, and, 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 and he'll be happy to share a glass of wine with them, right? During the That's off right. season. We're still boys. Ain't we're personal, still, just business. Yes, we're still <laughs> boys, right? But you know what? Like, I mean, please- how many conversations do you think he had with Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram or any of those mm-hmm. guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, we can turn you into Anthony Davis? <laughs> okay, right? And and that's a great point because that history of LeBron doing that kind of points toward like if somebody ain't getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I don't know what the basketball argument is for Rondo. When Whenever I hear him advocated for it's that he's this great locker room guy. Sure. He's got the stature, respect – chemistry, all these things. None of it has to do with the type of player he is anymore. And I'd like to think that LeBron's history signals that he would totally upgrade from Rondo if, but, but again, is this just me seeing what I want to see or is that a, a thing? No, I think that that's a real thing. I think though that there's a certain amount of management that needs to happen there. Mm-hmm. And this is where too, I think Polinka openly saying like from July on that he, um, takes into account the opinions and and has conversations with his star players about what moves are next. If Collison actually becomes a Laker, you know those conversations have already been had, right? Like, That's right. They're not going to be things that are sprung on anyone well after the fact. And, and, and so the seeds of making that sort of transition happen would have already been planted, right? So my bigger concerns is more in the aftermath of that from Rondo's own perspective. And then also from Vogel in terms of the person who like, he's the one who's going to control the rotation, right? right? And you and I have praised Vogel a bunch, I feel like throughout the season about the way that he's pulled strings in terms of um the lineups and, and, and doling out minutes and, and how that's led to wins, right? But mm-hmm. look, that idea of, oh, this is a good problem, you actually can have too many good problems, right? That's right. And this is where when you try to start to make everyone happy and when you know for a fact that um, the ramifications of this type of decision could get trickier, you might skew more towards, well, where is the path of least resistance? And the path of mm-hmm. least resistance might be with a guy like Alex Caruso not getting sure. as many minutes, right? Uh, 
You um, know what I mean? Like, yeah. look. No, no, that's a totally plausible scenario, right? Where and, Rondo still plays, right? Yeah. And it's a and Rondo Collison backcourt instead of a Rondo Crusoe backcourt. That's exactly right. And, and there are, this is why I'm, this is why I'm saying it's, it's, it's just trickier than just saying, oh, we're adding a player who is, who is two or three levels above the other guy. It's common sense. This guy will play. The other guy mm-hmm. won't, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. just how it's going going to go. This is easy. Like, no, you're bringing a guy in in February, halfway through the season. You're telling him or the expectation is that he's just going to um, erase this other player who has two years of equity within the organization, who has been playing a key role for your team for a year and a half, and you're just going to mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, well, thanks. But by now, right, you're I mean, yeah. like ghosted over there with Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels and, <laughs> right, and right. be a good vet like Jared Dudley, right? Like, no, man, like that, especially not with this specific player. This specific player, right, the guy right. who went head to head with Rick Carlisle, right? And basically got banished and told to go away from a playoff team, had his mm-hmm. playoff shares withheld. They withheld right. his playoff Which shares. Which never right? happens. So, I mean, look, man, like this is where it's like it's just tread carefully man that's all i'm saying sure. is it's just a tricky thing and it's not so easy to say this player is better especially when collison has never had the reputation that rondo has had in terms of the caliber of player collison's mm-hmm. been a very nice player he's also been a career journeyman right he's right. played in sacramento he's played with the clippers he's played for the pacers he's played for this team and that team those right. kind of guys, when when you and I have talked offline about the type of player that would probably need to be brought in to actually like truly displace a Rajon Rondo and the types of names that you and I discussed were of a much higher brand recognition. Right. Than like Derek a, Rose than, than type a Darren of guy, like former MVP. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the basketball uh, elements yeah. of this. You, you mentioned how Vogel could you know, go in a different direction of what we were talking about. First, before we get into Collison as a player, I, I, I just want to say just overall as a caliber player, I don't want to make him out to be a savior. No. Um, I just think he's particularly important on this team. I would characterize him as like a KCP level point guard, right? Like that's about the caliber of point guard that he is. Like he's good. He's a, he's a good player. And on a team that has a lot of guards, m- I think that so he's he's not he's not he's a good shot creator but he's not that's not what he hangs his hat on. I think the biggest thing with him that makes me really excited about him is not that his strengths are stronger than our other guys. He's not a better playmaker or passer at least than Rajon Rondo. He's not a a better defender than Bradley or Caruso at this point. But he's not he doesn't have the weaknesses as glaring as those guys do too, yeah. right? Like, even if you think very highly of Rondo as a passer, he he has tremendous difficulty scoring the ball. His shooting, he's shooting 38.7% from three, and that's falling like a rock as soon as teams decided to guard him. He is still decidedly not a shooter despite that percentage being the case. Uh, 
Alex Caruso is not a guy you can give the ball to and say, hey, create out of a ball screen. Avery Bradley, as of a couple games ago at least, was shooting the worst three-point percentage in the NBA from guys who had enough attempts to qualify. All of those things will matter significantly in a seven-game playoff series. Darren Collison does not have a glaring weakness, whereas every other option that we have at that lead guard spot does. And that will be exploited over and over and over again in a seven-game series. We don't need a guy who's great in this spot, but we do need somebody who, if you're open, can you hit this shot? Yeah. If you were assigned to this guy defensively, can you defend him? And and Collison's interesting as a defender in that he's only six feet tall, yeah. and he's got some history with Vogel too, which we'll get into in a moment. But Collison is a good defender still. He's a good to very good spot up shooter when he's open. Although he doesn't take a ton of them, volume is them when he's volume open. is low. And if you go read, go read some old Pacers blogs from mm. his heyday in in Indy, and they would talk about oh well, or even in Sacramento when he was a king. One of the reasons that he's among the league leaders in three point shooting is because he is very selective in mm-hmm. the threes that that he takes, right? And so there are things, if Carlson actually does get signed, when I do real analysis and I write at the site, these are the types of things that I will bring up. But, you know, he's not a high volume, you know, like, oh, six, seven, eight attempts per 36 minutes, right? Of three, like three-point shooter um, at 43%. Right. That's that's not who he is. He is a capable shoe shooter and a very good shoe shooter who may not take all of the threes you would want him to. That's right. To take. That's right. He he took um, last year. He took three point three attempts per thirty six, three point seven the year before. We actually led the league in three point yeah. shooting. Very reminiscent of remember Ramon Sessions. Yeah. Sessions was a similar type of player. Right. Um it's just a matter of like if he's open, he he can make these yes. shots. His role will also be different than it was within Indiana or Sacramento. Sure. In that, in like, there's a good case for him to be the starter when he gets into game shape, right? Where in in that, or at least a closer. Ideally, he'd be the guy that would replace those non-LeBron minutes, mm-hmm. right? Replace Rondo in those minutes uh, as a non-LeBron option. But he could play alongside LeBron a lot better than Rondo can too, right? And he can make those open threes that a guy like LeBron creates at a lot higher rate than a guy like Rondo or Avery Bradley can, right? Go ahead. No, and an interesting player comp to me is sort of like the current iteration of George Hill, in mm-hmm. like like in Milwaukee, sure. a guy who is a capable defender, he'll he'll has more size and, and yeah, has a stronger, better yeah. defensive reputation than Collison has. But spot up shooter, a guy who can make some plays, he can run a secondary pick and roll. He's just not going to be exposed in the same way. Like Collison's the type type of player that if you consider him like a B plus A minus shooter, the rest of his like guard skills are probably going going to be like B minus or solid B grades. Whereas mm-hmm. when you look at the rest of the guards on the roster, right. they might they might be like KCP might be um, a B plus A minus quality shooter right now, right? With the level that he's mm-hmm. performing at right now. But when you look at some of his other guard skills, they might be C's or C pluses, right? Or, Col- I mean, he's a D minus ball handler, yes, right? Like right. for a guard? Right. Yeah. Or Collison well, doesn't have D minuses and Fs in no. his repertoire. And that's important. Yes. 
And so when you talk about you, you have framed things, I feel like, appropriately throughout the time that we've been doing this this podcast. It's not necessarily what you bring to to the table. It's how many things do you take off of it. Collison right. doesn't take off a lot of things from from the table in terms of what you expect from a guard with guard play skills offensively. Do you remember my number one rule for role players is – don't do dumb stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, and he's, he's a really good example of a guy who fits that description. His assist to turnover ratio is one of the best in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Like last year he played, he had six assists per game and 1.6 turnovers. Yeah. He's been consistently like top three, top five yeah. guard in the NBA at that. He just doesn't do dumb stuff. He's a, a good finisher around the rim. He's always around 50% on his two pointers. He's a 39% career three point shooter. He's just like a solid guy that doesn't do dumb stuff. And how badly do we need that man he was a player when you and i were talking about like oh what kind of point guard does this lakers roster need he was like at the top of the list when he was going to yeah. be a free agent right but then very mm -hmm. early in the process or even before free agency start started he had announced that he was going to retire and, and right. so it was like it was sort of a bummer right when mm -hmm. you thought about oh the lakers have anthony davis and lebron james like what kind of point guard could could they use oh darren collison's a great name i wonder if the lakers could even afford him right because mm -hmm. he, it was sort of this idea oh well he's going to make 8 to 10 million dollars a year he'll probably make above the mid-level exception the lakers if they're going to have that money, it's likely not going to go to that type of player. They're, they're hoping to get Kawhi Leonard, right? And so you're thinking, can they even get him at like the, the room exception? Like, no, he's going to sign some, no. somewhere else for that. And he's a $10 million player that we are talking about signing for the vet minimum. Yeah. And the idea then of would he fit? Of course he would fit. And would, and this idea of can he help? Of course he would help. Right. So I think all of the skill stuff we could talk until we're blue in the face about the very specific ways that he would help or fit in and how he could he would probably be a better match playing next to Kyle Kuzma as like a setup guy, someone who could capably handle the ball at, at like the top of the key, organize the team sets, but, but while still generating spacing offensively, which is one of the... Good ball handler too, right? Yes. Like he's somebody who's, he's not a great ball handler, but he's not somebody who can get jammed up like the way the Clippers did uh, earlier in the season. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is when you compare him specifically to a player like Rondo, there is a template to defending Rajon Ron Rondo, right? Especially at this stage of his career. You pressure him on the ball, right? Because you... You want him with pressure on him driving to, to the basket with crowded windows, right? Arms around stay him. Home, stay home, make him make a shot. Yep. And then when he's off the ball, you shrink the floor against him and, mm -hmm. and then you make him shoot. Carlson is probably the opposite template for how you really want to defend him, right? Because, mm -hmm. because he will get you into a ball screen. If you go under on him, he is a capable enough shooter to shoot yes. that shot, right? You can run two man game with him in direct on ball actions or Swing, swing. Oh, secondary pick and roll. You can run that with him too. There are all of these different things that sort of open up the offense for, well, for the Lakers that even just talking about it right now gets you excited, right? And That's right. it's, and it's the reason why you squealed when you saw mm -hmm. the Woj tweet <laughs> That's right. because you're thinking to yourself, 
damn it, it'd be great for the Lakers to get their hands on this guy right here. And, and, And so, so I'd be all for it, man. I really would be. My concern is just all of the other periphery stuff that sure. comes with this based off of the personalities that that the Lakers are dealing with. And those concerns are fair, but to bring it back to the beginning as we close this, you got to respect the basketball. And there is not a basketball argument for really any of our guards ahead of Darren Collison. And that's why he would be a huge boost for a Lakers team that just needs defenders who, or needs players who will not hurt them. And that's the strength of Collison's weaknesses are very important and fit a template that many role players have filled over the course of championships teams over the years. And I am really, really, really excited about the prospect of getting him. We'll see if that happens in February. And if it happens, we'll talk way more about it here on this pod. I know you're going to wrap us up right here. Can we just acknowledge the passing of David Stern? I just wanted to say rest in peace to the former commissioner. We're not going to like go on this long soliloquy here about Stern. I know Lakers fans can have a certain relationship with Stern. Um, That said, (sighs) he was a titan of the league and he is embedded in the fabric of the NBA that you and I and all basketball fans love right now. And Mm -hmm. the product of that is built on the foundation that that Stern established during the time that we were growing up. And and so I just wanted to acknowledge his passing here before we got offline. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a, a paramount figure for the history of the NBA. And I just wanted to mention that before we got offline. No, thank you for thank you for doing that. You can't tell the story of the NBA without heavily involving David Stern. He's probably one of the ten most important figures in the league's history, and that might be it might be closer to five. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, complicated history for sure, but he's one of the best to ever do it as a as an NBA commissioner. So, uh, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We will catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Campbell in and out. The ball is tipped and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Are you kidding me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple and a fall away in the corner with a shot clock down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one. Listen! Brian, yes, and that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.